Welcome everybody to the Talk Man City podcast. My name is Patrick and in this episode we will be covering the Crystal Palace game as well as a few transfer rumors that we've heard flying around in the last week. So let's get into it. Alright everybody, well welcome back to Talk Man City. As always, this is Patrick and we are back with another episode. Uh, as I said in the intro, we're going to be unpacking the Crystal Palace game. But before we get into that, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at TalkmanCityPod and uh, feel free to share this episode on whatever streaming platform you are listening on. Um, <clears throat> I kind of had my eyes out on uh, Twitter this week. And I really wanted to get into some of the transfer rumors uh, that I saw flying around there and kind of get my thoughts on those. Number one, starting with um, the ongoing saga of Zhao Cancela over uh, at Bayern Munich. As we all know at this point, uh, during the January window, he left to go to Bayern Munich. He didn't really leave on good terms, in my opinion. Uh, it was kind of over game time, which... Didn't really make sense at the time because he was one of our most played players. It was really just kind of after the World Cup. Enrico Lewis had been in the ascendancy and kind of really hitting form and doing what we needed to do. And so he basically threw a hissy fit. Well, some reports came out um, out of the Bayern Munich camp that he's not happy over there for the same fucking reason, for game time. So uh, I guess he's throwing a fit. He's pouting. He's not himself. He's doing what Zhao, apparently Zhao Cancelo does when he doesn't get game time. And um, there's rumors that came out that he might be back at City next year. He hasn't ruled out that possibility. And uh, my thoughts on the opinion, on that situation are, honestly, I, I can't see him coming back for a lot of reasons. Number one, my, nine times out of ten, and, and me personally, I've never seen us move on a player the way we moved on Zhao Cancelo. Like, it's not very often that we just up and dump a player midway through the season. In general, we don't do any business through the January transfer window, and therefore us much less sell a player. We, what I mean by that is we don't really bring any players in through the January transfer window. Why would we even go about selling a player? I've never seen us do that unless it's really, really bad. And, and sell them with a... With a not an obligation to buy, an option to buy at such a low cost. And the prime example of this is Bernardo Silva. For the past two years, we've not done anything with Bernardo Silva, despite all the rumors and all the smoke around him potentially leaving for the last two years. We've still managed to keep him. He's still played. He's still done his job here. It's just, it's such an unlikely scenario. So that's the first reason is, is it's got to be very bad for him to be moved on in the way he was. The second reason is I think that Pep himself in comments regarding Cancelo is very negative and very what I would call snide and, and not uh, favorable towards him to say the least. And I think if you have a falling out with Pep, I don't know the inner workings of the club directly, but I would imagine Pep has a very large say in who and who doesn't come to this football club uh, because of the success that he he warrants. I mean, that warrants him giving that position. Even with his new contract, I'm sure he has even more authority to make those decisions now. So if you're not in good graces with him and you leave the way you do, I don't think you're coming back. And then the final reason, this is more just on a personal note, I, I don't want 
Jao Cancelo back at the club. If he's going to kick up a fit like this, and he's going to leave the way he does, and then he goes and he, he does these interviews saying he's so happy and he's part of you know Champions League history and they're the best team and da-da-da-da-da, and they are the best team in Germany, even though that league's kind of bullshit. They are the best team in Germany. So fair enough. If he's going to go that way and he's going to leave in the negative fashion that he left and then want to come back and through his time leaving do all this song and dance and PR of how he wasn't at odds with Pep and he wasn't at odds with the manager. I just, I can't see him being a fan favorite anymore. And one of the big things, at least for me, in watching this team is, yeah, I I definitely have my favorite players. I definitely have the people that I favor over other or sorry, I have other players that I favor over other players in the squad. But at the end of the day, I value every player on this team. And, and for the most part, most of the players do their job to respect the fan base of this team. And if you're not going to do that, I just don't see how you're going you're gonna to come back to the club and be well-respected. On that note, though, it kind of leads into the next point I wanted to talk about before we get into the game review, and that's uh, some news coming out from Fabrizio Romano, actually, I think today, or it was over the weekend. I think he reiterated it today, but over the weekend he gave his signature here-we-go phrase. Uh, Julian Alvarez is getting a new contract. Sounds like he's going to get better pay. pay. Uh, It extends him to 2028. And um, I, if I had to guess, there were probably some talks in there about him getting some game time uh, going into next season. And honestly, I think this is fantastic news. I said when we uh, announced Alvarez during the Holland uh, uh, saga, I guess you can call it that, that Alvarez is, was one of my surprise players of this season. I think that uh, more than Holland and more than any other player that we signed over the summer— He's the one that's going to endear him the most to City fans. He's an Argentine. He's got Aguero roots, you know, and that's actually proven to be very accurate. I, through his time at this club, he's becoming one of my favorite players at this club. Holland's great. We all know Holland's awesome. He's amazing. His stats speak for himself and all the goals he scored. But Alvarez creates this chaos, and he's this little... It's like this little, uh, yeah, I just like that he creates this little bit of chaos as he comes onto the field, and the goals he scores are not these smooth, silky, dynamic goals. They're very forceful, but in an elegant fashion, and I don't really know how to explain it beyond that, but it's exciting to watch him play. I think it's exciting to think about the possibilities of how we can fit him and Holland into the squad going forward. And ultimately, at the end of the day, look, Holland is a big, big name player. I don't know how long he's going to be at this club. If he's here for three years, great. If he's here for 10 years, fantastic. I'm just going to enjoy the moment. And it would be my encouragement to most City fans to enjoy the moment that Holland is here. But I think ultimately, in the back of my mind at least, we all know, well, we don't all know, but in the back of my mind, Holland is not necessarily here for the long haul. But Julian Alvarez might be here for the long haul if we get him the game time he wants and we start incorporating him with Holland. I think he can thrive uh, at his best because while as good as Holland is and as amazing as his goal scoring tally has become, people are starting to figure out what kind of run he's going to make and people have started double and triple marking him when we play him, which is fine if we put Alvarez 
next to him or behind him and allow him to run in to the empty spaces that Holland is going to create. And I think if those two can link up with Grealish and Foden on the wings, maybe stick uh, Kevin somewhere in the midfield. I'm, I'm not quite sure how the formation will look. I'm still figuring it out. That's um, that's Siri telling me that, you know, she doesn't understand my my uh, breakdown of Julian Alvarez. So thank you, Siri, for that. But um, if we can fit in Kev with that, and all one, two, three, four, five of them are on form, that sounds like a terrifying prospect going into next year. And yes, I am kind of thinking that these things are going to happen next year because I think Pep's figured out a system for this this year, and we're going to ride it out. Who knows, it's Pep, we'll see the madness that happens. But uh, towards the end of the year, uh, towards into next year and preseason, we'll really look to see how he incorporates Holland um, and Alvarez into the team going forward. And finally, that leads into my my last uh, talking point, and that's the summer transfer window coming up. There's a lot of rumors of us doing this huge rebuild and um, we've got this great war chest and we're going to go for a left back, we're going to go for a center back, we're going to go for a winger, we're going to go for Jude Bellingham. There's all these prospects starting to come out as it normally does around March time because, you know, journalists need to get their clickbait, journalists need to get um, their stories out there. It's just what they do. On a personal note, I don't believe... Uh, a lot of the hype surrounding the transfer window this year. I think it's very possible that, and I actually, I not very possible. I think it's almost confirmed that we're in the running for Jude Bellingham, and I think it is very possible that we can get him. And I will be excited because watching him at the World Cup, he's a very exciting prospect. I always like very exciting, uh, young, talented prospects coming into this club and, you know, building a career here. Building having the best years of their life here, that that would be great. The other prospects, like a center back and maybe a left back, maybe a winger, I don't have, I, I just don't see us spending this war chest money that we have. Even though we all kind of know we need to do a rebuild, a rebuild soon, I don't think it's super critical, but within the next two to three years, we're going to need to rebuild our midfield. And even though I would love to see us get a fast, pacey winger, and someone that's super dynamic that could uh, complement Foden. I just don't see us spending the money that's going to be necessary to do that. Yes, we have a huge war chest available to us. And I don't necessarily think that when Man City comes to a a club and says, we want your player, that uh, they increase their price. But the market for players right now is just ridiculous. And one thing I have seen us do is walk away from deal after deal when we don't think of the value of the player matches what a club is asking for. Or our valuation of them doesn't match what the club who owns him wants to sell them for. And that's fine. I'm okay with that business. But I think we're going to be very frustrated if we go into this transfer window thinking, oh, this is going to be a great, wonderful, huge, um, you know, huge window where we're going to get all these players in we're going to, you know, we're going to rebuild the squad. I don't think we're going to rebuild the squad in one summer. I think that's going to happen over two years and kind of being overseen by Pep on his way out of the club that whoever the next manager is that comes in, and that's we're talking two, three years from now, So, but whoever the next manager comes in, he is going to have a ready-made squad built by Pep Guardiola to say, okay, 
you are now the person that I'm passing the torch to. You are the one that is going to carry this squad and is responsible for managing it and carrying after it for the next five to six years. And so I think that's more the route we're going to go. And if you get really excited about this war chest and about what we're going to do in the next transfer window and yada, 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 I really do think that there's going to be some disappointment to come on the horizon because I've just never seen us drop a whole bunch of money. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I haven't seen it personally. Okay, finally, that leads us to the Crystal Palace game. And uh, I think my prediction was 2-1 going into it. Obviously, I got that wrong and it only being 1-0. I was surprised to see us keep a clean sheet and actually genuinely happy because Palace, you know, I think I said in the last episode that they're kind of a boogie team for us and they've got really pacey, uh, what I call crafty wingers in Zaha and... Who else do they play? Elise, I'm going to pull it up here real quick while I talk. But overall, happy with the win. Bit of a scrappy win, but at this point in the season, uh, that's that's kind of what it's going to be. And I, at the end of the day, I thought it was a typical um, game against Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. They sat in defensively. They're very well drilled. Oh, yeah. Google has it as, just back to the lineup, Google has it as Zaha played to the middle, but I saw him on the wings most of the time. It was Elise, Zaha, and Ayu. Elise and Zaha, they very creative wingers, very crafty players. Elise himself, like, I, I'll give a shout-out to him. That that guy's a baller. If we if we did go for a winger, I wouldn't mind picking up um, Elise. He's, that kid's special. He's got a he's got quite a bit ahead of him. We're not in the running for him at all, but you know, how old is he? 2001. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just running with this thought as we are live recording this here. Yeah, he's 21. Pick him up, have him stay with Guardiola for a little bit and uh figure out the Guardiola system. Back to that comment. I the reason I don't think we're getting a winger is any winger we get We've got the Guardiola period, so he's going to have to spend a year and a half figuring out the system and us all being mad that he, quote-unquote, doesn't fit the system before we actually see anything special for him. Anyways, if we ever went in for Elise, I'd take him. But yeah, um, I thought it was great that we kept a clean sheet because Palace uh, away, we always seem to concede a goal or even if the stats in my mind don't necessarily say that, I'm just always thinking of that Andros Townsend goal that ended our run, what is like 1819 or then, yeah, it must have been the 1819, the Centurions year that ended our winning run just before, I think, 20 wins. And it was just this screamer from 30 yards out that it's a freak goal that would only happen, you know, in that moment. So I'm always afraid of Palace. Um, and with them being so well drilled defensively and what it looks like all teams are going to do for the remainder of the season, just sit in against us. I really should probably watch a couple Arsenal games to see if they're doing the same thing, because I think one thing we're seeing is people have started to figure out city. They've started to figure us out for the last two to three years and sitting in against us is kind of the way to go. So I wasn't surprised to see that. I wasn't surprised with how the game went. We did squander a few chances. I mean, Holland, I think in the first half, he had that, uh, it was an Ake um, square. He squared it across the box, and Holland just put it over the bar. Um, so we, we definitely had chances in the match. Let me see if I can pull the stats up here and give those to you. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, surprisingly, uh, we had 14 shots and four of them were on target. So I'd be curious to watch back the match and see how closely those shots off target were to quote-unquote being on target and being a legitimate stat. But, you know, we had chances uh, and, you know, probably could have gone 2-0 if certain things go different, but it's the way it goes right now. Holland himself is not, I don't think he's fully in his best form that we did see at the beginning of the season when people weren't quite sure how to mark him. So he had a lot of time and space to make those goals. But you know what? Ultimately, we kept going. We kept playing our game. And uh, Gundogan wins a penalty in the second half. And the big man himself steps up. And I don't know about you, but it is very nice to sit back and know with confidence that uh, a penalty is going in with with a, a traditional number nine standing over to take the pen. Uh, and he obviously sends the keeper the wrong way, slots at home, and we end up winning uh, 1-0. Some standout moments for me. I think Grealish kind of had a bit more of a quiet game, probably should have scored the first opportunity he had in, I think, the first five minutes. He just kind of shanked it wide. It looks more like a shot I would have taken in my Sunday league. But, um, you know, Grealish, obviously another great, I won't say great game, another... Another standard performance for Grealish right now with the form he's in, which is a very long-winded way to say that the form he's in is very good right now. Happy I stuck with him. Happy we're starting to see him come up. As he starts adding more assists and goals to his stat count, people are going to see him as world-class and start seeing that $100 million we paid for him as worth it. But Grealish is really coming into his own. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he does this thing where he carries the ball from midfield and does this cutting and run where he's taken two or three defenders with him and it just frees up so much space. So I've, I think if we can find a way between Holland and Grealish with the amount of defenders they draw to him to have other players fill in those spaces and find them with a pass and, and maybe it's a maybe it's a one-two with them or something like that, we can kind of see hints of that starting to happen. And if we can really lock that in and nail that down, I think we're going to see our chances and shots on target go up greatly against these teams that want to sit deep against us. Grealish is finally having the confidence to run forward and take on his man and and do the things we were crying out for him to do over the last year and a half. And More power to him. Long may it continue. The second person that really stands out to me is Nathan Ake. And he stands out in the sense that I'm repeating what a lot of people are saying right now. He really is just Mr. Consistent. Um, he He's the one that created that first opportunity for Holland. His ability on the ball going forward seems to be improving. It's never going to be, I think, like what I think Kukurea could have been, which is still kind of the biggest loss for me this summer. Is I, I would have loved to see Kukurea in this team. Um so I don't think he's ever going to be a player like that that can really be your left back, your traditional left back that can get forward, put a ball in the box, honestly do what Cancelo did in his prime before we, you know, before everything that happened with him. He was very good at getting forward and kind of putting a ball in the box. He, he, he's not going to be even what Sergio Gomez can do. And, and I think Sergio Gomez has a long way to go before he's a starter in this team. Don't know if he'll ever get there, but... He just doesn't have that ability, but what he does have is a hard work rate and an ability to improve his game, and that's what we've seen over the last couple games, 
And I think that's why he's become so endeared as a player to a lot of Man City fans. I was happy when we signed him years ago because I thought he was, I mean, I thought he was fantastic at Bournemouth and there's a reason he's one of their favorite players. So it's really exciting to see him get in and it makes sense that he's not the most clinical left back. He's a center back turned left back. So we'll see how that develops and hopefully he can continue there as well. And that's pretty much the last thing I wanted to say about the game. Um, uh, overall, like I said, standard performance at Selhurst Park. Park happy we got the win. Um, obviously, it uh, it keeps us in the running, but it didn't mean much. Arsenal obviously beat Fulham. I think it was like three one or three nil, something like that. Um, which I'm not really surprised about. As good as Fulham is, I don't think they're ready to compete with the top six. So. It's not really a game they were looking to win, but looking ahead uh, to our next games, we've obviously got Leipzig tomorrow. I'm recording this on Monday, so tomorrow we've got Leipzig at home in the Champions League, and I'm really hoping for a better performance than we saw in Germany. Um, we obviously went there, we drew 1-1, and it was kind of a disconjoint, from what I remember, very disconjointed. Yeah, we created a lot of chance. We, we created a lot of chances, and we played good football, but they were bullshit chances that honestly some of them we should have scored some of them were just like cleared out of the box and it, it just looked very flat from what i can remember i'm hoping to see a more electric performance i'm hoping to see a similar lineup with Grealish, holland foden up front maybe bring in kev in the midfield obviously he got some minutes against uh, palace but for the most part he's had time to rest and then um i don't know you can put gundawan and silva you can kind of put whoever you want in the midfield. I don't. I don't really care. Um, and then the back four, the standard back four of. Uh, I'd really like to see Stones, Diaz, Walker, and uh, Ake at left back. If we can have that, I think we're going to have a great performance. Obviously, it's it's at home. We have a great home record this year. So as a prediction, I do think Leipzig's going to try and hit on the counter, and uh, just like they they're going to play a similar game to what they played last time. But I think we'll pull it out. I'm going to go, again, 2-1 City. Um, and that'll put us into the next round. So hopefully we can see that. And then who do we have at the weekend? Oh, we have Burnley at the weekend. That's going to be a fun one. Obviously, we had the FA Cup quarterfinals against Burnley. Vincent Company's coming home. And uh, shout out to Vincent Company. He's done an amazing job over at Burnley. Uh, I don't follow the championship very well. Uh, but I know they're pretty much almost guaranteed promotion at this point. And everything I heard from all the pundits I listened to, he's basically changed the way they played. He's he's brought the best out of them. So it's going to be very exciting. Obviously, he's going to get a great reception as he comes in. Um, and I'm going on a whim here because I, I haven't watched how Burnley played, but I think they're going to be up for it. Um, they kind of know they're going to get promotion. And so if they can go further in the FA Cup, all even more credibility to Vincent Company. Guardiola has been very uh, complimentary to him in any of the press conferences. I've heard him talk about companies saying he might be the future manager. We'll see what happens with that. I'm a little weary of previous players slash club legends becoming managers of the team because you really run the risk of damaging your reputation if you don't do well. Um, but that one, it is Burnley, and we have a great track record against them. So I'm going to go 3-1 City in that FA Cup uh, match. I this is literally going on with no research or 
understanding of how Burnley plays. So I could be completely wrong with that, but that's kind of the fun now, isn't it? Uh, so with that, I think that is the end of this episode. And I appreciate y'all sticking around with me. Make sure you follow uh, the show on Twitter. It's under the name at TalkmanCityPod. Obviously, you know where to find this if you're listening to it. But if you are listening to it right now, make sure you give it a share on your social media platform. really helps us out. really helps us uh, get out to the other city fans. And then finally, a special shout out to uh, our friends over at the Shades of Blue podcast. They are celebrating their one-year anniversary of being a podcast this year. And I just want to say shout out to you guys. Thank you for everybody over there. You had me on your show and you've helped promote me and and this uh, podcast. So um, really appreciate that. Congratulations, guys. You guys are awesome. With that, everybody, I'm going to get out of here. You have a great rest of your week. We'll be back to talk about Leipzig and the Burnley game in the next episode. So have a great day. Have a great week. Stay safe. Bye-bye, guys.